What's the crack? Choices create consequences. Choices create consequences. Listen, any freedom proposition that doesn't I like cost is at best a mirage. Any freedom proposition, meaning any proposition that talks about choice, but the dozen I liked cost, something is gained, something is lost. There is a consequence. Any freedom proposition that doesn't align cost is at best a mirage. So the thing is, for many young people living in today's present world, they can't even imagine what it meant to live on the planet 4,000 years ago. Or even more recently, 1,000 years ago. Democracy is a concept at best, a reality in many countries of the world today. Many young people understand the power of choice and how the majority voice does indeed carry the vote. But you would find more often than not that democracy itself is not infallible it's fundamentally flawed in many ways how do i mean so consider for instance the concept of majority voice being absolute the truth of the matter is in many scenarios where the there is a concept of the loudest voice in the room becomes indeed the majority so if you're someone who can influence the outcome of things, then things go your way. One of the flaws of democracy. And when you think about it logically, you would see then that humanity um, may have created democracy and it's the best system of government or philosophy of governance that we've created, but it's by no means perfect and what that means is therefore we need to be careful and be aware of the exigencies and the flaws so that we do not create a society where there are no consequences no society can survive without that hello there so the late Steve Paul Jobs the enigmatic founder of Apple Incorporated said in his famous Stanford commemoration speech and I paraphrase he said something like don't you live your life by dogma meaning the product of other people's thinking he said in an equally famous interview that he conducted um, many years before the Stanford speech that the moment you realize that everything that you call life the products that you wear the clothes that you wear the gadgets that you use 
were developed by people who were not necessarily smarter than you. It's at the moment you discovered that you there is a bigger way to live. Uh, it's at the moment you discovered that you, you would want to make things for other people to use. Now, why do I say that? You see, the challenge that we have today is that a lot of young people go through the educational system and come into the real world and discover that things aren't quite what they expected. So there is an expectation gap. And so a lot of a lot of young people will spend a lot of time looking for jobs and they will spend the next 30 plus years trying to make something of themselves and, and that is all right but you see the world that we live in has a broader proposition a much more interesting proposition and that's the fact that the primary objective of education should be to help the individual to discover their strengths so the word education is the word Educare is from the word is from the Latin word educare, E-D-U-C-A-R-E, which means to bring forth from within. And so when you picture a teacher or an educator, you actually you have the image of a nurse, of a midwife helping to bring forth that which is within. Potentials are trapped within. And so the objective of education is to help the individual to discover their strengths and equip them with the right knowledge to be able to apply and grow their strengths. And so, while the educational system of the world, in most cases, will focus on the development of skills, the tragedy here is that the real objective of education is to equip the individual with the knowledge to be able to discover to apply and to grow their strengths and so here is a quick challenge to anyone listening to this if you are interested in truly maximizing your potential the secret is for you to discover your strength the people that we celebrate in our world today are those who have discovered their strength and they obsessively develop their strengths the celebrities that we so much adore and appreciate are those who early on in their lives discovered what they were good at and so just like fishes are born to swim and birds are born to fly a human being will never fully accomplish or achieve success which is the accomplishment of an original design that wouldn't happen success will be almost impossible and I'm talking true success here unless a human being discover their strengths and that's the challenge go figure out what are you good at and the moment you do that, obsessively pursue that.
and I wish her the best even as she do that. Cheers. Hey, what's the crack? So, in the next few minutes, I'll be talking to you about six questions, or shall we call them paradigms, dimensions, frontiers that can change your life. This is a product of philosophy, the quest for truth. So one of the bane of the information age, the times in which we live is that information may be freely available, but not always credible. When a lie is repeated long enough, it becomes true. Uh, the advent of social media and other digital technologies has made it easier for people to access information and consume it but it can't always guarantee that it's valid but here are six questions that I think everyone should uh, be harmed with in, in establishing their coordinates six questions the number one is the question of space the question of where where are you a human being is a spirit it lives in the body and has a soul and it's it's very expedient to understand where we stand uh, in terms of our space the second one second question is the question of time Time is one of the very uh, fleeting resources that we have. But one thing that I should say is the future is not exactly tomorrow. The future is trapped inside of you. The third question is a question of vocation. What you do. What? The question of what you do. The profession. So one could live a lifetime exploring the frontiers of profession that doesn't necessarily mean that you would be successful and achieve meaning. The, the fourth question is a question of strategy. How? How do you get stuff done? It, it's perhaps what sh- separates the losers from the winners. Strategy. The fifth question is a question of purpose. Purpose is perhaps one of the biggest questions in life. When the purpose of a thing is known, abnormal use is avoided. Uh, the sixth question is a question of identity. Who? Who are you? And so my challenge to you is to think about these questions. Hey, what's the crack? So listen, it's October almost the end of the month and it's Halloween season and uh, in a matter of speaking I'm in a ghost mode now the old celebration of of the dead which is what Halloween is about uh, revolves around ghosts and I'm as a person of fate uh, curious to understand uh, how science perceives ghosts spirit and in that sense and regard i'm keen 
to ask certain questions. So there is an overriding theory that the universe uh, couldn't have been created by God, uh, that the universe doesn't have an originator, even though it does have an origin. And so when you talk to a scientist, uh, there is a sense that, you know, the conversation is skewed. If you can't prove that it exists, uh, it certainly doesn't exist. That's what the scientists say. Uh, but we know that God is in some sort of uh, physical matter. We know that God is a spirit, is a ghost. And so if indeed the universe was made by a ghost, a spirit, how do you interact with that entity? Uh, it's, a, it, it's, a, it's a question to think about, you know. So how would science uh, substantiate the reality and existence of ghosts as of spirit? So as we celebrate the Halloween season, uh, celebrating the dead uh, and the ghosts, let us think about it. If God is indeed a spirit and he is a ghost, how would you, from a scientific, uh, from an empirical standpoint, how would you engage with that entity, with that matter, as it were? It's a question that I'm interested in. Uh, uh, advancing. So listen, it's been the voice of Olufemioni and as usual, was to crack. Yeah. Shalom, saints. It's me again, your host, your brother, Saint Akonji also known as Olufemi I want to use the next couple of seconds or minutes to ask a question. And my question is, what is truth? What is truth? Now, I will try not to wax all lyrical and all philosophical in asking or trying to share my thoughts around this question of what truth is. Uh, but I have to say this. I find myself a lot of times thinking about the concept of truth. Um, the idea of truth uh, lays credence to the fact that there are there is lie or there are lies so truth is the antithesis of lies the, the mere fact that we would want to talk about the notion of truth something being valid, something being correct, affirms that there is an alternative or alternatives. There are options to truth. 
And so the antithesis of truth is a lie. Um, my understanding and my submission is um, un- unless we understand what truth is, uh, I tend to say that truth is the key to freedom. It's the conveyor belt for freedom. If freedom is a destination, and again, we can all wax lyrical about what freedom means, but if freedom is an objective, then truth is how you get there. So what is truth? Uh, I'm putting out the question out there. Uh, Can we talk about this? What is truth? Shalom. Shalom. Okay. It's me again, your host, Saint Akonji. And on today's segment, I want to talk about an idea. It's an idea that's not original to me, but I'm inspired by it. A few years ago, I was watching a video by a gentleman by the name Edward E. Griffin. He wrote a profound book titled The Creature from Jekyll Highland. I recommend this for those who are interested in alternative views about politics. Listen, I'm not going to take much of your time. The central thesis of Edward E. Griffin's work is based on the concept of collectivism, which is within uh, the domain of political philosophy. Now, that's a lot of grammar, but what it really talks about is the illusion of choices, uh, where the controllers, uh, the controllers of the human society create an illusion of choice. You find this expression uh, within another concept called the Hegelian dialectics, which is, again, it's about illusion of choice. You create a thesis, you create an antithesis, and uh, there is, when thesis and antithesis come banging their heads together, when you create two different, seemingly different constructs, and, you know, people get into this tussle, you know, uh, and competition, uh, then there, there is a, there's something that emerges, which is the sentences. Uh, you find this in practical terms with uh, in democracy, uh, in political arrangements, like you have in the uh, United States of America, where you have the Republican Party and you've got the Democrats, and you know both, you know the, the people on on both ends of the spectrum have a, a feeling of ideological differences but really when it comes to the fundamentals of it they are really one and the same it's two sides of the same coin you know they are just it's an illusion of choice and so there is a challenge uh, for the masses to uh, to be discerning and question things and and you see when you begin to question things um, people's 
tend to have a problem with you because you know they start labeling you all sorts a rebel uh, a conspiracy theorist but you see everything you call history uh, uh, Napoleon uh, I believe Napoleon uh, Bonaparte was the one who said everything you call history is really uh, an agreement between people which is more often than not uh, and I'm paraphrasing here it's just a bunch of lies so listen my encouragement to you is question things all right uh, challenge yourself to to question things um, it's important and expedient uh, in a in a world that is riddled with lies all right all right thank you for hanging with me on this short segment shalom <laughs>